Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Constant Agitation uh, Weekly Podcast. You, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was just a, Sorry. what do you call it, like a spring, uh, not mm, a string. Uh-huh. Okay, Sorry. Um, yeah, what was I saying? Episode 21. Yes. Welcome back. We changed it to Tuesdays because um, it's uh, summertime and everybody wants to go out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So in case you missed last week's, epi- uh, last week's episode or like the last episode we did, yeah. you missed the announcement. Yeah, there was no episode last Friday because we shifted it to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday today, right? It's Tuesday, yeah. It feels like, it feels like Friday though. Yeah. <laughs> we were preparing. I'm like... No, it's not Friday, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, today, uh, you know, we're trying something different, right? A little bit, a little bit different. Yeah, we thought to switch it up, you know, keep it interesting. Uh, we'll cover, uh, you know, our favorite photographers always in future episodes mm-hmm. and interviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we've been really busy. Yeah, I think the fact that we didn't have... Uh, last Friday uh, podcast, we went out and we were shooting and we've been doing quite some stuff. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of stuff. Hey, Tim. Oh, nice of you to join us during your photo walk. Nice. Um, hope you catch some really good, good scenes out there. Yes. Uh, how do you want to start this? We have one question. Do you want to jump into the question and then we... Uh, mm. uh, hey, son. Hey, son. Hey, son. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <Shana>. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to... We can start with a question and then we can move on to the... Right. I just want to comment on the hat. You know, the hat is back on. That means I need a haircut. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I don't know. You want to yell at me in the comments, tell me to get a haircut. Maybe I'll feel bad before I turn into a caveman again. Look, the beard is making a comeback. But the beard uh, has a nice structure to it. It's all right. (laughs) Right. Let's let's, uh, let's look at the question. It's Mm -hmm. from uh, Shitole H. Hmm. Dude, you pick the weirdest names. I mean, you know, he's the same guy on Discord. He has another dark, strange dark, name. Dark, dark something? Yeah. Uh, but uh, interesting question. Uh, hey, Chris. Uh, interesting question. Will incorporating analog photography make me mindful about my digital photography? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I think definitely. I think analog photography is like a little bit like a Sudoku for the brain. So mm-hmm. you kind of train to use your mind when it comes to photography in a certain way. And in, in my experience, when I then shoot with digital, I translate that way of thinking into also using what digital. Do you mean, what do you mean by that way of, of thinking? Can you be more specific maybe? Um, I think about being more mindful of having the right settings from the get-go, even though I can take as many photos as I want and maybe digital is perhaps more forgiving when it comes to post-processing in some regards. Yeah. But I feel like... I I shoot less mm-hmm. with digital since I am back at taking analog photos yeah. for the past year. Actually, I have noticed that I'm much more conservative with my frames, even though I don't need to. Yeah, but I really try keep... to have you know have that mentality of like every photo I take, I want it to be as good as I can. Of course, there is margin for errors, mm-hmm. but I try not to. Yeah, you start to notice uh, the more you do it, you start to notice oh. I messed up that one and it was because I did this. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you mess up the same, do the same mistake, you're like, oh, I, m- I messed up again. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if you really want the shot and you're shooting analog, you're like, I have to take another one because you know you messed up. Like you kind of know that you missed the moment, mm-hmm. even though if you depend, 
And I think it depends on what on your the system that you're using. Mm-hmm. But still, like even if you're shooting with a TLR, so your view is not obstructed or a rangefinder, you still kind of develop a feel for it that you missed the frame because you're not blasting through frames in, in analog. So you're like, ah, oh, I, I think they blinked right before I take or like <laughs> <That's always laughs> something move or a car drove into the scene that I wasn't planning for. Mm-hmm. And they were like, now you have to make the decision. And also, I think on the other end of the process, when you go to look at your photos and you see it like, okay, I don't have, I have some good pictures and I don't have so much to filter out through. And it's a relief in it's a way, nice, yeah. you know, you don't have to go through so many pictures and Sometimes you get two good pictures and now like, which one do I use? You know, and, uh, um, and I think, so th- this question is also nice in the, in the way that it's been phrased because they are mentioning about being mindful, mm-hmm. which is being in the moment, being present, being attentive of the thing that you're doing and not kind of be mind wandering to other stuff. And I think when you are working with analog, you are having to calculate and to think about so many things about the moment of taking the photograph. Mm-hmm that it makes you more mindful about doing photography than mm-hmm. with digital directly because if you have everything in auto you might be thinking about a thousand other things and you are shooting 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 and when you are doing analog it is a more mindful experience of photography and i think if you are used to that way of of relating to the photographic to the to the moment of taking the photo then you also translate that when you're using digital yeah well, I can tell you this in practical terms, at least for me, I noticed that when I used to shoot digital, when I first started, I learned that I, well, the first thing that happened that I had no idea what I was doing and I would shoot a photo and I, it wouldn't come out so nice and then I have to change stuff. And then I learned how to read the meter. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I would do is look at the meter and, you know, maybe move it around, read my scene and then try to think of where I want to go with the settings maybe take a shot and oh that didn't work out you know so the the process was a very much trial and error until i get what you want what i want mm-hmm. to to be um and th- this is not necessarily it's not necessarily relevant directly to analog mm-hmm. because you could develop the same knowledge and experience by shooting only digital but i think the way um the the way the workflow of analog is is kind of it forces you to learn these things. Mm-hmm. You can't really afford to just keep trying and they'll, until you nail the shot. You have to remember the what you did, the uh, settings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to remember the principles. You have to know them in order to, you know, work. Um, yeah. Because you know, like, um, not all not all analog cameras have like uh, you know depth of field preview, and when you do mm-hmm. uh, activate it, you lose a lot of light, so and it's not usable all the time. So there's a lot of limitations on analog that kind of force you to learn better. Mm-hmm. And I then agree. I noticed now that my thought process before taking the shot, after doing analog for such a for for a long while now, I or relatively long while, but I, I feel like the way that I approach the taking the picture is different. I already know what I want, and I just double check with the meter. I might be off by a little bit, mm-hmm. but then that's like then the the, the whole decision making process is different. Yeah, and so I think the answer to that question is yes, uh, but um, I have to say that if you don't have access to analog, you know, film and analog cameras and stuff like that, don't feel like you are missing out or anything. It's just is just a, a mindset, mindset. Mm-hmm. so 
you have to, if you're using a digital camera, you have to tell yourself that you want to make all your decisions about your exposure, maybe before you 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 go to take the shot and then double check with the meter uh, that is inside the camera. That's one way of doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and try to be more, you know, conservative with your... Uh, Shots, yeah. Yeah, burst sense. mode. <laughs> Uh, but it's useful it's definitely useful if you're if you're doing sports oh yeah you know and stuff like that birds and stuff like that i'm not against it it's just not something that i do mm-hmm. uh but uh and i that's why i feel fine without it um but yeah i hope that helps and uh, that's the only question we got this week mm-hmm. as always if you're listening for the first time or just a reminder if you want to leave a question something to talk about something you're wondering about leave them on instagram or send them to us somewhere all the socials are in Open, the description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else uh, do we have planned for today? We have two things. Yes. Right. Go ahead. You're going to no, say something. No, you go. You go. I was going to say uh, hi to the people that joined us and that Sherry made it on time to be with us. Nice. On this hey, Chronic. I like that name. Chronic. Chronic Fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we, uh, okay. Tim is about to hit us with a question. All right suspense dun, dun, dun. yeah well yeah. we yeah i don't know if you can see this behind me while tim uh, writes the question there's a there's a new camera in town in, in, in <laughs> the house a, a new t- camera there's a bunch of them actually <laughs> we're, this is one of the things we're going to talk about uh do i or do i not scale a fence to take a photo <laughs> on a private do it bro don't get caught though don't <laughs> don't get caught and uh, you know, maybe don't don't uh, announce it all publicly on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say, if if there is no indication on site that you are gonna be seen from the people like you, maybe there's no people indoors. You know, there's nobody. I would say, go for it. Try not to damage don't, any property. Yeah, I was just and, say, don't uh, do damage. Yeah, don't do damage. If there are like some plants, try to be mindful of them and things like that. But. I wouldn't be the first time that I take a photo over someone's fence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, don't touch the fence. <laughs> maybe just raise your camera. I mean, if you have to to go up the fence, you are gonna have to touch it. I yeah, guess. maybe stand Bring on your something. ladder. <laughs> stand on something. If you can see it, I, yeah. th- this is what I can tell you. If you're not photographing what's indoors, if you're not peeping inside, if you're just taking a photo of the facade outside, uh, yeah, if you can see it from the street, you can take a photo of it. That's that's my uh, paparazzo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't photograph people in people their homes, in, yeah. inside. Just if you want to take a photo of the building, mm-hmm. do it. But don't you know? Don't yeah. Do don't you remember pe- that I had an idea to take uh, for, for in this winter? I said that I wanted to do a project taking pictures of uh, Swedish windows during Christmas. Yeah. And you were like. That's so creepy. Why would you do that? I'm like, it's towards the outside. I don't think, I, and this is something I think I still want to do if this winter we're still here. Yeah, I mean, as long as the curtains maybe are closed or you can't see what's inside. Because look, I am. I've been in so many arguments, yeah. heated arguments about the, f- the freedom to take photos when you're outside. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I believe that if you're outside, I can take a photo of you. I mean, or you can be in my photo. I don't really care for street portraits, or just like. Uh, you know, there is somebody shared with me this dude that stands on the same corner and photographs past buyers. Yeah. The photos are not even good. And they, they have like a paparazzi feeling to it. We were talking about it on Discord. But 
if you're taking a photo of something and there are people in if you're using the people in the photo uh in the frame as compositional elements yeah you, you said it very nicely they're part of the landscape the people are part of the landscape exactly and so yeah i'm, I'm not gonna delete the photo i'm right. not gonna i will go to court with you i don't care the only exception <laughs> that i would understand uh, that i would understand is that there are people who are under immunity or, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, that they have some issues. Some so issues they were They being, need to protect their identity yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. if you have an issue like that and you declare it, all right, sorry, I, I will either blur the person or I will either, you know, I will not share the photo because yeah. then I will basically dox them. If like, if they're standing next to a monument, a famous monument and somebody finds that photo, then they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. right so that's understandable but you know just you're being outside i mean there is so many cctv cameras everywhere you're being watched all the all time, the time. Mm-hmm. just if you don't believe me go on a walk and look up look around you see how many cameras are watching you you don't even know if you didn't <laughs> look for them look for them you'll be freaked out so um yeah i mean so yeah a, a street photographer is not the, the worst evil when it comes to if you're worried about your privacy outside Speaking of projects that I we wanted to do but never done maybe or yet, mm-hmm. um, I was uh, I remember that uh, when the Note uh, Samsung Note phones became popular, uh, I think it was around 2016, 2017, something like that. A lot of people had them around, and the screens are so big, the Galaxy Note, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that you can that you can see like you can see what's on the screen from a distance. Ah. And I would be sitting in restaurants like eating. I remember this when I was eating a burger and it was the first time it happened. And there was a woman sitting with her kids uh, at the table in, in front of me and uh, they wanted to take a selfie. And I was clearly in, in the shot. Like, <laughs> so the bottom half of the frame, this half of the frame is their faces. And I'm occupying this, this side right here, like torso to head. It's like a nice portrait of me stuffing my face with burger. And I was like, I didn't want to be in that photo, but it's fine. You know, like I'm here, I'm a part of the background, so I'm not going to go complain, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be in that photo, but it's fine. It's, it is what it is. And then from that moment, I started noticing how many selfies I've been in, like <laughs> countless. I, every time I see a note phone, I look at it and I'm looking, I'm now, I'm in the selfie with them, Yeah, that's true. you know, and it's like, wh- what about that? You know, it's, it's just mind-boggling when i to me when people get offended if they see me doing uh, street photography or they see a photographer and they're like go to the Mm -hmm. next side or people like go like this this is the best one they go like this (laughs) like take it easy nobody really nobody and i say this i don't say this with mean and ill intent or anything but really nobody cares who you are like literally you me everybody is a nobody until you're you know until you're somebody then you'll be followed by paparazzis for other reasons. <laughs> but nobody cares who we are. Nobody like if you know seven thousand people, really you still don't, don't know don't know nobody. You know yeah. what I mean? So just take it easy. Just a photo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's the way I see it. I just you know you're outside. I mean because this is this wasn't planned. This rant. I'm sorry, but I need to say this that the when I got into street photography. It was explained to me by a friend and um, he was into street photography and he was telling me that, you know, it's like when you watch uh, like National Geographic or you look at the magazine, you see these photos of the animals and their natural habitat. 
Yeah. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what street photography, except the animals are the humans. <laughs> and it's basically, you're just showing human life. You're just capturing random scenes from, from human life. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because look, I live in cities. I've never lived in a forest or in a jungle. So I don't have access to animals really. And like birds are rare here in Sweden. There's a bunch, you know, that, mm -hmm. like, and it's really cool. There's a lot of greenery and nature, but you know, in other cities that I lived in, there is hardly any animals around except like street cats and people walking their dogs. And, you know, like if you're going to take a photo of the dog, you're basically like targeting the dog and you have to. And that's <laughs> kind of creepy, maybe like unless you're Elliot Erwitt and, you know, I don't know how he did it, but it was Elliot, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he just was very nice to people and he yeah. was just like. And that's, you know, you can do that. A lot of people are very friendly and very like they want to take a portrait of the people mm -hmm. and um, they go and they ask them, they ask for permission. I've done it a few times. Just because I found a character that is so interesting or sometimes they approach me and they ask me about some weird camera that I'm walking mm -hmm. around with and then I see them like looking at it and I'm like, do you want me to take your picture with this? And but I'd be I'm, like, yes. And I'd be, I, can, I can feel that they want me to take their picture but they're shy to ask. Yeah. So when I offer it, they immediately say yes and they're happy about it. But then the subject changes. Now they are the subject of the that's picture. A, it's that's not a, a portrait. It's that's a, portrait. a street that's portrait. A, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. It's... It's not the same thing as no. you say. No, it's a different thing. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry about that. It was. It's just a. It's just a strange it's a topic, topic that yeah. keeps coming back, and, and and people get into trouble. You know, like and you have to you have to have your answers ready. It's yeah. something that you have to think about before you go out and shoot because it might happen. And uh, you know what? The, 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 here's I. I'm kind of like I have some uh, grief, grief, grief. Grief. What? I don't know. I don't know. Gr grudge. No, I'm upset about something uh, i'm upset about some photographers uh for about this topic mm -hmm. because and they are two different kinds right the kind that are like no absolutely not this is wrong you shouldn't do it no it's not all right let's not you know let's let's talk about it right mm -hmm. and the other kind that's probably causing them to think that way which is the creeps who are like you know stalking people in the streets and the paparazzis and stuff like that don't do that right don't do it yeah because you're ruining it for all of us. Be an unobtrusive and just, you know? yeah. Yeah, don't disturb the scene. We're all going to have access. I'm the sneakiest guy when I'm shooting with the EM10. Nobody sees me, but I've been caught. I've been caught. I've been, a woman one time threw a hot cup of coffee at me. I dodged it like a ninja. <laughs> but still, I could have been burned. And, uh, but it's okay. I was, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I, I am willing to take that chance mm -hmm. that somebody's going to react badly. And then, you know, like we can either talk about it or I can just, you know, walk away. I'm not deleting the photo unless they have a really good reason. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and even if it, the photo sucked, sucked, it's my freedom to exercise, you know, taking photos outside. Um, but yeah. And it's your freedom too. So as a photographer, if you like doing that, if you don't like it, if not, if it's not your thing, fine, you don't have to do it. But just think about it like that. It's really documenting life, human life, just like we photograph animals. You know, it's just the same thing. Is it okay to take a fo photo of a stray cat in the street? Yeah, I think so, right? Or like any pet in the street you can take. I don't know. You can take a photo of anything. Yeah. Why is it not okay to take a photo of a human? I don't understand politics <laughs> i don't know but anyways sorry about that again for the i don't know how many times 
uh what do you want to get into do we do you want to talk about the cool stuff that we got or maybe uh, talk about some pictures so this week we decided instead of showing you somebody else's work uh, we might share some of our work yes. so we went and shot a bunch of stuff and uh, yeah let's get into it i guess we can show photos perhaps i don't know i really want to talk about the cameras though all right let's talk about the cameras <laughs> then so behind me over yeah, there yeah chronic fish said perhaps an intrepid well it's out of focus but if it was you would be able to read that it says uh combo on it and it's a combo which is really nice i i, I wasn't so familiar with this no we really didn't know about that brand so much until we came across this one right yeah so i'm gonna try to do this maybe here you can see it better I, the lighting today is uh, crazy because we couldn't really set it up nicely because of the daylight. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is the camera. It has a rotating back. It doesn't rotate actually, but like you can just release this and take it off and switch it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some cameras do have that uh, rotation thingy. I don't mind this. And it's quite light. Do you remember do you remember how heavy it was 1.8 kilos so yeah it's it's a monorail that is 1.8 kilos are you focusing or increasing the i'm focusing and i will change the no. iso yeah you you threw it out of focus yeah ah, back up a little bit back up back up back up oh yeah i'm late sorry what do you mean there? oh there I yeah was looking at the wrong place. yeah delay uh if you're listening to the podcast well Sometimes you gotta watch. Uh, yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, bump it up a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, that's it, that's enough, thank you. So, it has a bunch of movements. Um, the back does rotate, uh, not rotate, it does... Um, swing? Uh, uh, tilt. It does also swing. Uh, if you untighten this screw. Everything's super tight. And then... It will swing and it will also, and uh, no, it will not go side to side or up and down. So that's the only two movements that the back standard will do. And the front standard has all the movements. It has, of course, you can, you can focus with both since it's a monorail. So you can just push this one to the front and push this one to the back. Uh, so it's really nice. This is what is normally referred to as a view camera right as uh, opposed a, to no 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 this is a, it's a monorail i mean yeah well i don't know it's a monorail yeah and it it, i think a view camera versus a field camera which is more a field camera is the one that folds yeah. i think because you take it with supposed you in the field and it's portable, portable. Yeah. so like the linhof stuff again i'm a noob at this so if i if we're speaking out of terms uh, forgive us people are really liking the camera yeah it's it's uh, i i love it and it's so beautiful it just looks so nice this one does this side to side i should have you know loosened it up a little bit more and this one here goes rise and fall super nice this is uh, not the nicest lens that i got with that we got two lenses with it and of course you have your front uh, tilt and yeah that's about it so we were super excited to shoot this camera when we first got it 
we couldn't wait to get filmed because <laughs> I, I think we got it on the weekend and all the stores were closed. Hold on, let me let me put it back. Yeah, we got it on a Saturday, I think. <laughs> yeah. Put it as a background, yeah. Um, so we did get it on a Saturday and uh, we didn't get we couldn't get any film, but uh, we had some paper. Yes, and so we shot some uh, paper positives that I'm going to uh, show you Christy is saying congrats it's but it's too modern for me <laughs> it's is actually it? from the 80s yes this one is from the 80s well i have i have another one wait, I, I, you I, just, wait, you just wait <laughs> it is not the only one we got all right let's see how this works if i should have set this up a little bit before cool so this is my friend shadi handsome fellow <laughs> i took uh, so this is the photo as it was drying uh, paper positive. This one I took outside. We rated the film at 0 0.8 eight, yeah. ISO. So that's not 8. That's 0 0.8. Uh, I think <laughs> I might have overexposed this one a little bit. How do bit. you manage to overexpose a 0 0.8 well, ISO film? <laughs> but I can <laughs> say... A portrait. Yeah, <laughs> he held up really nicely. Even with the wind, he did a really good job posing for this picture. Uh, the uh, sky very looks... Very nice. I really like it. He loves that photo also. It's really cool. So uh, it does look... Somewhere in between these two photos, uh, the actual photo, this one is too, uh, this one it was still drying, so mm -hmm. I think the color changed a little bit. And also, uh, when I scanned this, because I scanned it with the flatbed, I did it in grayscale 16 bits. Yeah. So anything that might have happened from the development, it was, it was gone. Yeah, and uh, but you can see these... Uh, like uh, kind of like spots or mm -hmm. some I don't know what these are. I guess we should explain how the process goes. Yeah, so we got all the information from YouTube on how to do this. Yes. I have to give uh, shout outs, but I can't remember the name. But I'm sure somebody in the chat can help me out. There's a channel, uh, an older gentleman, he does a lot of paper positive on, um, uh, what's it called? The, dire the direct positive paper idea. I forget everything, really. Uh, but he has a really cool channel about a lot of DIY stuff when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, large format. Uh, does a lot of cool th stuff. Like there's there was a video I was watching where you, you make your own bellows uh -huh. from paper. Nice. Does the folding and everything. I love that channel. <laughs> I can't remember. Somebody. Yes, Van Cleve. Thank you, CM. You're the best. Uh, always, always saves me every time. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, so I got all the instructions from there. Yes. Um, and I can tell you what I learned. We shot the paper 0 0.8 ISO and then put Basically, it... Basically, that's a negative. Yeah. So that's so what you're doing. We put in a normal developer. As you know, the it's going to come out as a negative. Yeah. Because the brightest spots are going to be the black... Exposed to the light. So yeah. The so they turn black. They turn black. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But instead of fixing it immediately, you put it in two different baths. One is basically like food-grade citric acid. Mm -hmm. Not all people use it in food. My family <laughs> does a lot uh, because we love citrus. And sometimes it's easier to throw some citric instead acid. Instead of <laughs> squeezing the lemon. So, it's yeah. a bit different, actually. Yeah, so you can buy it from the grocery store, the citric acid, and just dilute, I think, three teaspoons in a half a liter. And then you need, um, what's it called? Um, hydrogen peroxide. Hi hydrogen peroxide. I think 12% uh, is the most that you can get. In Sweden, at least, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I, the second time, it kind of worked better. So uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we, the first time we put too little, 
So I think 12% is decent. Um, and then you alternate. So you put it in the citric acid bath for, so, and you were doing it in trays you, because paper is uh, orthochromatic. So you can just do it with the red light and you put it in uh, uh, citric acid for 30 seconds, two minutes in the uh, H2O2, yeah. which is the hydrogen peroxide. And mm -hmm. then you put it face down. You have to put it face down. So you, uh, when you see it develop, Put it in citric acid and then before you put it in the hydrogen, yeah. put it face down. So just explaining what's happening is like everything that you you developed on the developer, it becomes really black. So yeah. it's all this uh, all the silver precipitated. And then you put it in the citric acid so it becomes sensitive to the peroxide. And when it's in the peroxide, what you're doing is basically bleaching your paper. Yeah. So all those silver particles that had reacted to the light initially you're and then only, to the developer. You're only taking off the stuff exactly. that develop and the, the, you need the citric acid to kind of um, modify Change these. the chemistry yeah I so guess, yeah. it will only interact with the ones that developed yeah and then it will make it possible for the peroxide to take them wash off. it away so you need to put it face down and don't agitate it too much actually just let it sit it will start bubbling you will hear you it you will it's hear like, it and, and it will move bubbling, also because yeah. of the bubbles <laughs> but then when it stops and you don't hear it anymore take you it off 30 seconds in the citric acid and you do it until the paper is white if you overexposed it might not turn completely white because there was a lot of developed silver particles on the yeah. first step so and then when it's completely white what you do you open up the light i use a flashlight a strong flashlight and then just beam it directly make sure you cover all the paper and shoot it yeah you know do expose, expose it. it to light for five seconds keep the lights open and throw it back in the developer and then you will see your picture mm -hmm. come up in front of you. Because now when you expose it again, you expose all the silver particles that have not reacted in the first exposure. Exactly. And then... You get a positive. You get a positive, excuse me. A good advice that I've learned from somebody talking about this is to pre-flash the paper. So what they do is... So to reduce the sensitivity of it? Uh, to give it a mid... Uh, kind of yeah uh, to have some something in in between before the first exposure before you first expose it oh, yeah. so before you take a picture uh, the way that it was explained to me if somebody in the chat has a better uh way to do it we can read it i'm just we're just talking now we're going to go through the message i see a lot of people uh sending stuff so before you shoot take a p piece of uh, uh sanded glass uh-huh put it in front of less or maybe you just put it out of focus point it out a white wall uh-huh take a, an exposure. I'm not sure exactly how long that exposure has to be. Maybe I'll have to do some tests, uh, but I will report back if I learn anything. If anybody knows, please leave it in the chat. And then what you when you do that, you kind of have a, you kind of develop some mids because yeah. the, if you can see here, it's, it's very contrasting. Contrasty, yeah. Right. So that's the way. Let's look at more pictures. Maybe you can go through the chat while I talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so CM is saying that the, he never got really good results with the Van Cleef method on Ilford Multigrade, which is actually the paper that we used. Yeah, we used RC. Um, uh, but that he has gotten better results with FOMA paper. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can tr try to get some different papers and do some tests. That would be very interesting. And Chris is saying that he did the same with the X-ray film, but did not manage to get that contrasting positives. Yeah. I guess it really depends on the kind of film or uh, paper you're using for that method. Did did you, Chris? Did you try to uh, pre-flash the the the, the paper? 
Is that what Chris is saying? X-ray film. So I guess oh. that's not paper. Oh, sorry. This one is super nice. The one you're showing now. Yeah, this one I thought I think it came out pretty nice. We have some really really nice uh, tones here actually in the very good range of yeah. uh, highlights, mids, and shadows actually. Yeah. So this one was a one minute exposure, and there is kind of a ghost here. I don't know if it's visible. You can see there is a a silver cup. You know the ones that the barista uses to heat up the milk. Uh huh. And this is a photo of my friend. She uh, run, owns and runs this uh, small cafe. And uh, that was her last uh, week. So I went there and I took a bunch of photos mm -hmm. for her to remember that place. She had to close for a lot of reasons. And I know she loves the place. So I thought maybe, you know, she mm -hmm. could have a nice memory. And I'm really happy because she liked the photo. Yes. I gave the Please. paper to her, but I kept the scan. Um, yeah, so these ones... And, you know, I was wor I was working outside and, like, I was happy that anything came out. I'm really happy yeah. that I, the focus came nice. That I have some good range. So I think it, there is a potential for, for paper positive How doing something like that. How long did you suppose like this one for? You one remember? minute. One minute. One minute? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I was indoors, of course. It was yeah. kind of dark. I, I tried to kind of also give it some... I didn't shoot wide open because I wanted to have some depth of depth field, of field yeah. as well. No, I, I really love the, the result and what it means as well yeah and her working there and yeah so it's like i kind of basically the idea was to record one minute of her time her there imprint in, in, a, the in, place, a, in yeah. yeah so yeah i i this is one of the photos that i personally really like um uh, we when we first got it we did some tests at home this one turned out pretty nice we just put a it took us a couple of tries though yeah right? i think this was the second or third one we had to use first we tried with flash it wasn't really that no and then this was with continuous lighting with a, a lot of flashlight light put yeah yeah just a normal you know flashlight outdoors flashlight but i'm very happy that we got like i think the range is nice the texture that we were able to get from the plant pot and the table i think it's a it's a nice first try i really like it i i do the first uh, the first couple tries what what happened is we were curious if we should do it face up or face down and when you do it face up something happens it's like it's it doesn't remove it completely yeah, or it I, removes it and it sits back on yeah, it there are a lot of goo that comes out of the paper yeah, and it, it turns kind of yellow. goes in, on top of it and i think it in, interferes of how the peroxide continues reacting with the yeah. okay, with the particles so better face down much better face down right so CM is saying that he does the pre-flashing with the enlarger. Uh -huh. I think that's a, that's actually a more uh, precise method to do it. Um, and Eva took a portrait of me. Yay. Uh, how long was this? 20 seconds? 20 seconds, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah thank you, CM. Uh, yeah, so uh, these were the uh, first tries First with tries the... with the paper positives. We did shoot a bunch of film with it. This we shot with uh, the 210 lens I yeah. Believe. yeah yeah so i as i mentioned this one is not the nice lens the nicest lens we got a we got a 210 millimeter lens with it also a 5.6 uh, if i remember correctly mm -hmm. and uh yeah so really fun times with this camera we shot a bunch of film we, we <laughs> developed one photo uh in open tray that day when i took the photo of my friend working in the kitchen i also took one on film, on film, because that day I actually went out and bought film um, 
it was a monday so i, I it was the monday directly after we we got it so i went out bought some film but i had some papers loaded in the film holder so i shot those and then i loaded one shot shot it with a flash i don't have it loaded up so forget about it but we did that one because it was a single sheet uh, basically <laughs> i went into the bathroom we sealed the the the, 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 the light seals of the door and then we um, eva stayed outside i was inside pitch black i had my trays open because we shot on uh, what's it called branca was it was it the name of the film Bank branco I, well I, you know what i'm talking like about that. the 400 black and white cheap film not the cheapest it's okay yeah. actually it's pretty nice and um, we shot on that i go inside with the with the sheet and i accidentally actually developed the first <laughs> i was a mess <laughs> i forgot that i loaded two sheets so i I thought there was only one in the holder and I did And then the is like, there's no photo. What? <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. The, the, weird, the crazy thing, luckily there was a light leak in the film holder because that film has no marking. No markings. Yeah, it's true. So there was no way for me to know if it developed or not, if it wasn't for the light leak. So there you go. Sometimes. Light leaks help you. <laughs> yeah. So I developed the second sheet. Ava is outside looking at the timer and telling me everything. 30 seconds. So 30 30 seconds. seconds. Agitate. 30 seconds. Um, no change. Fix it. No. Yeah. So that was. It worked out. It did work out. It was. It's a. It's a good. It's exposure. a team effort. Definitely. Let me see if I have it. We have also shot. Um, did we shot any color negative now in four by five or just the uh, slide? Uh, slide only slide. Yeah. So we shot a bunch of slide. We shot a bunch of color negatives, but we're not. We haven't developed them yet yeah, because I don't want to do the other. The, how was it like? We're gonna start getting some black and white film for four by five, and then suddenly now we have a slide and we have color negatives. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, my, uh, the yeah they were very nice. The film store that I go to is really good. We're good friends, and they are the best. And. Uh, Shout out to Bruno. Yeah, they they sometimes give me uh, good deals. Goodies. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if they have things that are expired or something, yeah. they cannot just sell it at a normal no. price. And no, they don't usually. They don't. Sell. It's it's like they they, they usually have to like do something else with it or yeah, don't I don't know. That way. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, whenever he has expired stuff, he asks me if I if I if I want it. And uh, sometimes he just gives me stuff. Where is it? He actually gave me this one infrared yeah so i'm gonna test it and see uh this one might have issues with it we're gonna see uh, but i'm gonna test it for him as well mm -hmm. uh but yeah so if you're in stockholm check out bruno he's the best uh now did you find the photo i didn't i didn't really look for it because All i was right. talking but uh, it worked it worked the open trays worked but it was you know uh, i need to get my uh, my four by five patterson adapter or we're going to 3D print one that we find on... Thingiverse. Thingiverse. Is it thing, Thingivers or Thingiverse? Or I don't know. You know the website. I like call it Thingiverse. Thingiverse. Because I like to say thingies. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a play on word. Maybe yeah. it's... it's um, yeah. But basically, it's we, a, we got some time ago an adapter for the Patterson for 4x5, but it's a bit flimsy and not maybe so secure and safe. And Yeah. I didn't like it so much. Um we bought that one, but I think I'm going to 3D print one. That looks like it might uh, be... Yeah, it is a taco method, uh, CM. There is a bunch of them. I think everything that you put like this and in something uh, is a taco. A, method, is a yeah. taco. Uh, the, <laughs> one that, the one that I'm going to 3D print is actually you slide it in. Now, there is, a, there is one that is for like $60, uh, also 3D printed. But that one, that's the one that you make a roll, a roll, and put. Oh, you yeah. make a very tight taco, and you put it in. Yeah, and I think tight. you can do like eight. 
yeah. uh, ate with that one or I something. I wasn't, it didn't look so safe to me. I don't know. I don't want to. One thing that I really like about 4x5 is that, is that you develop flat. And then yeah, it but flat. you know, even with the professional jobo, you have the like the magnum one. I don't know what they call it. And it's like a big drum with a yeah. bunch of holes, and then each hole can fit two sheets stuccoed inside. Uh-huh. And pros love that one because you know they use it as. I mean, it's jobo, so the build quality is gonna be yeah. good. And they say it doesn't scratch, and as long as you keep the emulsion side facing out, so it's not in direct contact with the plastic, you should be all right. What is uh, CME saying with hair bands under one dollar? With hair bands? Oh. Yeah, what? I get it. No, I get it. You just it. make a taco with a hair band and yeah, you put it inside. You just throw the... it inside. What? That's was... what we were actually looking at of a method to use just on the on the tank, remember? Yeah. On Google and we couldn't really find anything. I was thinking that maybe if I just put it in the tank, you know, but But uh, isn't it the hair band gonna be touching uh, but you no, put it on put the it, not the motion yeah. side on the other side? Yeah. I will do that tonight. Thank you, CM. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Tim, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry about your bad hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we talked, we Is realized it, that... Uh, I think the levels here look good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're actually uh, slightly clipping just for Tim. Yes, for Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tim, we're clipping for you. <laughs> Nobody else complains about the volume. Uh, or maybe look guys maybe i changed something if you if you think we're too low let me know i don't want to blame tim so much i'm, <laughs> I'm joking buddy uh, yeah i will use the hair bands uh, with the black and white ones at least uh, today and see how it goes yeah because the slides we need to make more chemistry i think and all that right okay we should get more more rolls Sh- should we uh, should we um, jump into the next camera so chris will uh, be happy be happy yeah okay go right. to the next camera i don't know maybe he will be upset with what i did to it but we will see <laughs> uh, hopefully not right so this one we haven't shot yet and i can't wait to shoot it but uh, we got this one <laughs> you want me to refocus so no no the focus is All fine right. this is a um, mentor studio reflex and it has a jenna f 4.5 250 millimeter it's a gorgeous lens on this one and uh yeah it's it's an slr (laughs) basically so basically you can just yeah and you look wait let me see if i can can you the mirror was up let me see it's not enough light for the camera to see what if i pointed at the light what am I doing? I don't know. Is it open? Yeah, it is open. Wait. Ah, it's so difficult to do this. Well, they they sh- have to trust us that yeah. you can look through it and see what's... <laughs> oh, wait. Now it's open. <laughs> For some reason, the mirror was stuck up. Right. So now you can see. It's quite clear in there. And this is a rotating back model. So we're, it's insane to me because... This is a super old camera. Uh, according to Eva, <laughs> according to you, uh, this was uh, designed in 19, 1913. But this like, pr- yeah. specific camera might it's be newer later, because they yeah. kept making them. And so here on the side, there is a pin that you pinch, pull out, oh. and then you can just rotate the buck. And now it's in landscape mode. So, CM, this one is a 9x12, 
in the European standard, standard. but you can see there's some masking tape here and there's some uh, sanded down wood. (laughs) This, yeah, this didn't look like this when we got it. You can see, see all of this, like there's a few millimeters shaven down. You can see it better here. So I shaved this down because it was too small. It had these, so it had wood here and it had like two rails on the inside. And I think it had some kind of a, I don't know, like a special, uh, for, for a focusing a screen, s- a special screen yeah. with the, with that fit the holders. But the opening itself was tighter than the four by five film holders. And I'm not going to shoot nine by 12 because there's not many options. And, you know, I'm already invested in four by five. So I thought I would modify this one. To take four by five. To take four by five. I think it would be better. I I like the thing that I didn't ruin the camera. No, I don't think you did. I think the only thing we're gonna struggle with, if anything, is trying to find the focus. Yeah, no, I will. uh, So the idea is that I will three D print or put together some wood pieces here uh, to raise it up a little bit, and then find the the um, the flange. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is that I can confirm with this one here. So whatever I see in focus here should be in focus here. Uh, and then I can just drop in normal film holders. I'm looking for the ones, the 12 septum ones. The b- mag the, bag. The mag ba- bag, basically. Ma- mag the one bag. you pull it out and throw it back in It's really behind. cool, actually. And this will be my 4x5 point-and-shoot street photography camera. <laughs> That's the idea, at least. Uh, the cool thing about this, you the, know, when the I, crazy... show, I show my mom the other camera and she was like, that's so big to go around with it. It's like the one that Jimmy wants to go around with is even bigger <laughs> yeah. than this one. I, yeah, it's so crazy that this is actually bigger and heavier than the monorail, than the than the combo over there. Uh, but uh, I really like it. The focusing screen is gorgeous. The lens is gorgeous. And let me tell you this. This is crazy, right? So I have an RB67, the, the original one, not Pro, not Pro. I, maybe it's Pro, but it's not a Pro S or Pro SD, right? We have a Pro S. We bought that one later, but the first camera that i got was the rb67 pro yeah and it has a rotating back yeah but when you rotate there is no indication on the focusing screen oh, that, how it's changed. that oh. it changed it doesn't do it automatically it's only it. the pro s and the pro sd that had that feature that they will have like lines that would come in the rz actually blacks it out on the side and there's also some, some red lines or something yeah. like that yeah the RZ doesn't have red lines. The 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 RB is the one with the with the red lines mm-hmm. that kind of flip uh. in in on the focusing. This thing, and I don't know if you can see, but I re- okay maybe you can see it like this actually. Let me see if I can remove. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so now you can probably see it. So uh, here, you can see the on the sides. You can the see lines. there's two lines, and then. When I flip it, the lines have changed. The lines have changed. You see, there's a line here, there's a line here, and there's a line at the top. I'm gonna flip it again, and hopefully this <laughs> Watch time. Watch the magic! <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> there's a switcheroo. <laughs> what? What? This is so cool! I can't believe this. And also, it's a focal plane shutter. So, when you take a photo, I wonder if this is gonna show. Where, where is the camera? Where is my there, camera? There. There. All right. So you take a photo. Yep. I think that showed. It showed. Uh, yeah. So this is the fast. The only drawback with this one, with this specific one, is that it maxes out at a uh, hundred. One hundredth of a second. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna do another exposure at thirtieth, and 
maybe like I don't know fifth and you can see the <laughs> so the, the it's just the distance between the two curtains uh, increases or decreases mm -hmm. uh, but it's really in like I I just really like this it's so packed with features it even has like the secondary dial which like it's kind of like a self timer but it works with the shutter so when you set it to the specific one that you should set it to then it will kind of do its thing when it's like but sometimes it doesn't work <laughs> ah, it's it's all right for me i really don't plan to do a long exposure with this one i'm probably just gonna keep it on 100 and then you know uh control the exposure with the aperture blades and then just blast away <laughs> um i might if i feel uh, confident enough i might open it and see if i can modify the shutter speed but i don't know if i'm gonna do that because there is no way for me to confirm it like i don't own a shutter tester or anything like that but it has a really handy um handle, handle and then you can operate it basically one-handed or not fully operated but like you can just hold it like this and walk with it in the street um yeah and the other cool thing is it has movements so uh, it does swing so here is our uh, sorry it does tilt and it swings uh, i don't know if you can see it there maybe here you can see it i don't know yeah a little bit yeah you can see it swinging so this and is gear movement yeah which is nice this is super cool i'm really looking forward to be able to yeah to so try it and see how how you manage street photography yeah it. soon enough it will be ready that's like the only part left is this one it took me a while to gather the courage and to actually be able to grind it down without destroying the whole thing it was fun right yeah it's really really i'm super excited about it i i can't wait to load it up and start shooting um <laughs> chronic try climbing over someone's fence with that beast yeah <laughs> i mean Try climbing anything with that. You were thinking of putting also a strap to put it on your neck, right? Yeah, I was thinking about making a, a, a strap. We I found this um, a material. What's it called? Su sugru. 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 And uh, it's like a, what do it's you call a, it? It's a it's a flexible, malleable. It's moldable, uh, moldable glue. Moldable glue. So in the moment that you open the package, you can make it any form you want, and then you leave it in the form, and it will dry over twenty four hours, keeping the form but being flexible and glue into whatever you actually put it into so yeah i was thinking i don't want to drill in the body too deep or anything so maybe we can just see if we can stick some sugru to it and then drill that and put thread on. some straps through it uh, we will see apparently it should be able to hold it like in their advertisements and stuff but yeah. uh, and i've seen some people in, on youtube like hanging some stuff from it like mugs or light fixtures or stuff like that mm -hmm. But we will test it. We got some and we have to use it with a lot of stuff. All right. So going from super big Oh, uh, By the way, Tim asked you, hmm. um, what did he say? Where is it? Are you, where? I don't see it. He said something about, are you completely ditching the small formats and just going four by five? <laughs> uh, no, dude. Yeah. That, here's your answer. Look at my newest. My newest camera is this yeah, one. Here. Have you denounced smaller formats yet? No. It's large format the only way for you. I'm <laughs> going uh, full half frame. <laughs> We're going all the whole range. This one we haven't tested yet. 
but it's uh, it's the uh, Yashika Samurai. I got it. Also good known deal as Kyocera sometimes. Yeah. Here is my gri- um, yeah my grife. Is that the word that I'm looking for? No, yes. So you have to operate it two handed for the zoom. <laughs> so I turn it on, and in order to zoom, you have to use these buttons. And then, like it's a really nice grip like this, but then my fingers they can't reach. Yeah, it's a bit strange that they decided to put it there. Eva has a tiny hand, so she was able to hold it like this <laughs> without like having her palm kind of covering the lens. And then, you know, she can push these buttons. But this hurts my hand here. <laughs> but yeah, no, we didn't uh, ditch smaller formats. We got this one. We are going to test it this week. Yeah, I'm so gonna... we didn't have a half-frame camera for a really long time. We didn't have any in our collection. And then in the past month, I would say three found their way to our home <laughs> yep there's this one it's so gorgeous the, so i wanted a half frame for quite some time uh, first because i really like small cameras and half frame tend to be small and cute cameras but also because i wanted to explore the limitation of having vertical frames and also the constructive uh, um, creativity of making storytelling of pictures by shooting diptychs mm-hmm. because since it's a half frame then in a one 35 millimeter um, frame that you will have in a normal camera mm-hmm. 35 millimeter camera you can actually fit two pictures with a half frame so I wanted to always think about taking two pictures when I take one picture that means that somehow they are related to each other is either a photo of something from different angles or if a photo of something from a open up angle and then a close up or telling a story with two photos basically making a diptych yeah and that's why i wanted to get a half frame and then i was kind of like what half frame to get can we get like a small one and then of course the holy grail of half frames is the olympus pen which is one of the original ones and it's an SLR and it has interchangeable lenses and it's super cool and I was like I don't know if I want to spend you know the money it's not the cheapest half frame that you can get you can get very cheap half frames also from the pen line but more like point and shoot and not the pen f which is interchangeable lenses and then suddenly you decided to gift me a pen f and then the same week we found a really good deal on this Canon Demi that you're showing right now mm-hmm. And then you found the samurai Yeah, uh, a week after or something like that. I'd say the samurai, something about it is very strange that <laughs> actually it's not vertical. Yeah, like other half like, frames. Look at it. You would expect that when, like with this camera or with the, the film, Pen-F, yeah. when you look, the field of view is in portrait, uh, Mode, yeah. portrait orientation. And it's unexpected because like it looks like any other camera. And you, when you expect when you look through it, it's going to be landscape. But this camera of all Which cameras... Which you would think it might be vertical. <laughs> but it's horizontal. And it's because the film goes from bottom to top. Yeah, there is no of, film inside, yeah, so I can show that. you. Where is the camera? There. So it goes from bottom to top. You load Whereas it up here, in the other two cameras, it goes from side to side normally. So that's why you take it vertically. And look how tiny this is. It's a little bit like the 645 in medium format, right? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the same principle in a way. And hold on, listen to this. Is it on? Ready. <laughs> what is it going to do this when I load it? It's going to yeah, waste yeah, yeah. like five frames? It, it does that. But I mean, five frames is like two and a half in normal. 35. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, so we kind of found these three cameras coming into our lives. The differences are 
a lot. So for the Pen F, it's a interchangeable lenses and it has a light meter that will tell you what aperture to use at a given uh, uh, shutter speed that you choose. The Canon Demi, it's a bit of a point and shoot. It also has a light meter. I I thought maybe it wasn't even working because it's a selenium light meter, but it's from the 60s, this camera. And... Um, I thought it might not be working. Maybe I'm going to be overexposing my shots. But it has a little, a little needle. Can you show it maybe? It has a little needle on the top of the camera. Where is it? And then you yeah. basically move your shutter speed couple aperture dial to match the two needles. That would mean that it's well exposed. And then you cannot really choose your aperture or choose your, your shutter speed. It's basically couple. Either you are shooting very close up aperture and a high shutter speed or a slow shutter speed with an open aperture. So, and I think that kind of takes away from choices, you know, you just mm -hmm. have to do it that way. And you only focus on composing your shots and, and taking the photos that you want. And this is the first one that we got a full roll through and yes. tested. And you can show maybe some of the results. It's like, it's a, it's a point and shoot with some control, I would say, in terms of operation. Yeah. Right. And also it's some focusing, so you have to kind of guess. Yeah. <laughs> guess, guesstimate your... So this is what I meant about taking diptychs, right? Like here I saw this group of people that were all sitting with their backs towards me in this statue uh, area. And then I took that photo. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to take a photo of the statue itself a little bit closer up. And I think it just looks super nice. Yeah, it's like you show something and then you show the environment where it is. That's the one yeah, way like of that. doing that's, it. Yeah, like that. That's one way to do it. This is actually called a Color Plus 200. Mm -hmm. I suspect that I'm a little bit overexposing. I don't know if it's because my choice of the shutter speeds or is it because of the camera as a selenium light meter cell is a little bit worn out. But in any case, I think the majority of the shots came out quite uh, usable from the whole roll. So. Yeah. I really like them. The the color grade, I don't know. I I mean, this screen is Crazy. not not to be trusted. No. I look here and now it's completely different. But yeah, well, this is something that we might get into actually later when we look at more pictures uh, yeah. that I shot with the same film and same camera. And I can tell you my thoughts on that. Here's another one. It's a cheesy yeah. so one. So this one I thought like, you know, take it, just turn it 180 degrees, the camera. Yes. It's the same, the same image, but just turn around. Well, not exactly. Yeah. The same image, but yeah. This one as well, you know, it's just, it's a moment. And then I take two photos of, of the place that I, I have around me, mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, this one, I really like how it came out. You nailed the lineup. Like <laughs> yeah, the lining really up these, these two together. Yeah. You really nailed it. I, I, I really wanted it to. And the thing is, that it's the first roll I, throw, I shot through it. So I didn't know how the viewfinder was going to translate into the frames actually on the film. Yeah. So I was a little bit. Are the things gonna be all? The, all that I'm seeing is actually what it's gonna show. Is it less of it? So it seems like the. It, I mean, if you planned it, if you planned this one the way it, I'm looking at it, it seems like the viewfinder is pretty I think, nice. I think the viewfinder is pretty nice. Yes. And the last one from these because we didn't scan the whole roll. I only no because that's the other thing because the spaces between the flames are not really consistent. Yeah, that's an issue with with the camera. Yeah, it's an issue with the camera. So I I have read that the Pen F does better, and I assume the the Samurai is gonna do better because it's automatic as well. We will see. But the spacing is not really consistent, and our plastic film holders have spacers mm -hmm. between the frames. So in all of these that you're seeing, actually, I'm kind of cropping a bit from both sides in order yeah. to have it centered so i uh, 
I'm going to scan all of them uh, with the DSLR method whenever we get we, our new Yeah, we ordered light something, table. the new light table with holders, supposedly really nice, and it's not negative supply. So no, expect a review of that when, when we get, I'm really excited about that one. It's And it does everything from 35 millimeter to 4x5. To we, four got, by five. we got everything. So on this one, um, I decided to show, show it because uh, I think one thing that this camera is that it's prone to light flares mm -hmm. because I got a couple of frames like that that were super washed out and they were taking almost seconds after the one next to it or mm -hmm. before. Makes no sense that it's just that the settings were wrong. So I think maybe the way I moved and the light was hitting the lens, maybe it's prone to flaring and that's why um, I get this kind of washed out images. So if you are going to work with some kind of, then maybe have that in mind that it might be a little bit flare prone <laughs> yeah so to speak but we will see we will see what's gonna happen but i really enjoyed it uh to shoot I mean, to 4x5 honest, honestly looking inside this one does it have film Sorry, right half now frame. Uh, it doesn't can i open it yeah because yeah. the it seals yeah i know that's the thing I'm like i was so looking forward to shoot it that we got it from this woman second hand it was his dad camera and the light seals look horrible but i was like, like hey maybe they work <laughs> I, I don't know if you can see it on the camera but most of the light seal is here it's stuck to the other side there's there's a piece right here that fits basically right like it's peeled off from here and it's stuck here and then when you close it it fits perfectly like we didn't brush them we just no, no, had no, like... it seals back on so but it's crazy like it's in a really bad condition we're gonna do so, we're gonna do some a, a test uh, uh, with um, I don't know a lot of you guys have experience with weird stuff that I'm into and maybe uh, CM or Chris have an answer to that I am thinking of using liquid tape liquid electrical tape as a light seal uh, what are your thoughts on that is it a stupid idea have you tried it <laughs> let me know um, right so uh, un until then we also shot a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see, because these came out pretty sharp, very nicely, nicely exposed. I'm actually surprised with how... I am with surprised. What we got too, from, like. from uh, what's it called? Half frame. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think the fact that it's you're scanning them in diptychs yeah. and you're not really cropping to a single image yeah. also plays a role I in the resolution. So. so in a way, you're, you're seeing two images in the resolution of 35. Yes, exactly. Which maybe you know like the size of the whole thing you're looking at it it's not so it's small it's a 35 yeah yeah it's a 35 two two photos filling it's 35 i have a roll of portrait but still now. like the pro the projection yeah. from the lens is only falling on a half frame frame yeah and also i'm especially i'm surprised with the canon demi because this was the one that i was considering for some time and then i'm like yeah but the lens is not going to be so good i think the olympus pen is going to be better you know maybe but the results are kind of nice. Like, I, I, I like them. They're sharp. They are not, like, fussy. They are not... I don't know. It yeah. seems like it's good. I'm really looking forward to get the roll done through the Pen F and then compare the, the shots between yeah. those two cameras. That's going to be very nice. Right. So, next up, uh, let's talk about our adventures with the Vision 3. <laughs> because we had some adventures with that film. Definitely. Maybe, Tim, if you are here... Op Put your volume up. <laughs> uh, Tim already knows about this. I think yeah. I, I already talked to him about it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I will let you know if it works. The uh, the uh, I, I just read the comment from CM. He said that mm -hmm. he only changed light seals on Hasselblad film holders, so he doesn't know. 
Um, yeah, I will see uh, because I have I have one leaky four x five holder, and I was thinking that maybe if I just fill like create some material with the liquid tape. Um, How thick can you make the liquid tape be? It's just basically like tape. It just it dries up to be like whatever you put in there. Yeah, it's okay. I think of it kind of like sugru that is a bit liquid, more malleable. Liquid sugru. Yeah, but it stays more malleable after the fact. Oh, okay. But so then I think be, if I black? put a if I put a yeah, it's like black electric tape that in in liquid form. So if I the idea is that if I if I clean up these seals on this one, if I scrape them off and then I paint some tape and then it dries out. Then when you close it, it should compress it a little yeah, bit I and then it creates a seal. Yeah, I guess we should just need to put enough thickness Yeah, a thick layer. Yeah. Right. So, uh, let's jump into... The Vision 3 Adventures. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Right. So, here we have uh, these photos and... Uh, yeah, so first thing, this is all 120 that we're yeah. going to show. So, this film uh, is Vision 3, Kodak Vision 3, uh, motion picture stuff. From if, China. You're, if you're not familiar and these are not the ones we got from tim these are from china i don't know they can't they came wrapped in foil paper uh, aluminum foil and um one of them actually had uh i think i might have talked about this before i don't know if i did on the podcast but uh it was the uh, when we were in the north and one of the most beautiful shots i decided to shoot on a film that i don't even know if it works yeah and uh you remember the ones with, yeah, the, with, with the, the snowy mountain mountains and the yeah. moon and the colors in the sky and then when i look at the photos that i can see like kodak and then a frame number yeah and it was because they used old kodak film backing paper to hand roll these rolls and then apparently kodak had an issue with the backing paper where it was leaving like the ink was imprinted imprinting in on the on the film from the paper when it's rolled up so yeah, I got one of those rolls and uh, the photo it has like film markings on it, like from the paper. But the other roll that I shot uh, there as well came out super nice. And, because uh, it was Fuji. Yeah. Fuji backing paper. It was Fuji backing paper. This one, the one that you're looking at was also Fuji, ba Fuji backing paper. That's true, yeah. And uh, and by the way, not all Kodak is going to... I'm just... I it's have to, it was a single batch that they recalled it back in the day and they're mm -hmm. like, it was a whole issue and they fixed it and whatever, but that somehow escaped and made it to a hand-rolled film from china that i bought but uh i don't know the, the color we didn't really like work on them so much these ones i think you I did a quick inversion you did a quick inversion with the negative lab yeah and uh i think they look really nice this so what are we trying I mean, that's the thing like what we were doing this time is so the first time we shot vision three Okay, let's go back on, on the history of yeah, our Vision before, 3. Before we yeah. get to that, I have to mention one thing. This is Vision 3 500T. Yeah. And it's shot without a filter. Exactly. That's daylight. Yeah, yeah right. so, yeah, it's, so a, it's, it's a tungsten it's film. It's supposed to be super blue. It's supposed to turn out super blue, but look at it. I think it looks gorgeous. Uh, the I really like it. Tim was, made the comment on the colors when I showed him the photos. Uh, yeah, I think it, that's an editing thingy. I don't think it's... Uh, because yeah we'll we'll get to that later like editing is just whatever you want it to be i guess uh, that's that's i think that's what i'm arriving at it's an it's an Im immense world i'm either unable to reproduce you know accurate um look from a specific film for whatever reason or i just think that 
it's whatever you interpret. I mean, you, I can take the photo and make it look however I want it to. Yeah. So if I wanted to match them, I can match them. But then I feel like, no, this one is nicer in a certain look. Mm -hmm. Anyways. So these photos were on the Vision 3500T with no filter. The idea was, is that we were trying to test uh, the, um, I mean, they look at them, they're super clean. So Vision 3 uh, comes covered with a ramjet layer, which is like a carbon or soot, basically. A layer soot. of black soot. <laughs> and it sits on the backside. So on one side, there's the emulsion where you have the picture. And on the backside, the shiny side, basically, there's black soot. And you're supposed to wash it out. So the ECN process takes care of that somehow. Um, it's embedded in the process. Yeah. Exactly. When you develop C41, you're basically cross-processing the film. You're getting a more contrasty look um, out of it. If you if you develop it in, in ECN, it will look super flat. Quite flat, yeah. And that's because for cinema, it's better because they like to color glitter. It's like if you've been on YouTube and you've seen the video creators, they all talk about shooting log and they get this super flat profile. Video, Basically, yeah. this is the analog version of that. And uh, the colors are gorgeous. I in my, I really dig the colors. And uh, the film came out super clean. So I'm getting derailed. Yeah, we were going to do a test yeah. in this case. So Jimmy shot a roll and I shot a roll. And then instead of developing the two of them the same way, or at least the step of taking away the jet, remjet, 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 move on. <laughs> Um, we were going to do it differently because yeah. before we bought five rolls and these were our last two rolls. The first roll that we developed, we did it taking the ramjet before. 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 So basically, little, little quick explainer. Yeah. If you look up online how to remove ramjet, you'll get two answers. One will tell you that you take a, a washing soda, mix it with warm water, pre-wash the film so before you put anything in the film you put it inside and you shake it and then you throw it out and then it's and supposed then, to be gone and then it's gone and then you do your c41 development normally yeah. the other method that also we found online is that you just develop as normal so you do your pre-wash with the water if you choose to developer, and then developer bleach fix, yeah. wash it and then before you stabilize it or put photo flow if you use that you take the film out because now it's been fixed. You take it out. You prepare like a bucket or some kind of a bath mm -hmm. uh, of water. And the same the washing same soda. solution we mentioned before is water and washing soda. And then you dip the film in and you gently remove the soot with your finger. With a, yeah, with a, with a finger, with a glove. Yeah. Be better if you can, yeah. So these photos were done the latter method. So these photos were developed first and then bleached and then taken out in a bath of water with washing soda very slowly and it was clean the up. thing is that before we also did this and we were a little bit afraid that this method what happens is when you're doing all this in the water the water becomes super black because this is super staining and super sticky it's by super the way. sticky so that we were afraid that then this suit comes into the emulsion side yeah, and, and then, it happened. And, I, and then it's more difficult to take it away because the emulsion side is also more uh, permeable and more like things really, when they dry, they're very difficult will, to remove. Uh, well, so I rubbed it for like half an hour with uh, isopropyl alcohol, which usually takes everything. Yeah. I mean, even some people told me that it will peel off the emulsion itself. 
I found it to be safe. If yeah. if you have some weird stuff on your film, from my experience, isopropyl alcohol will clean it right out with a Q-tip or whatever. I soaked film, uh, Vision, Vision 3, in isopropyl alcohol, and I rubbed it for like half an hour. The the dried ramjet on the emulsion, on, on the emulsion side did not, did not come out. So that's why we didn't really want to do it this way, because yeah. we were afraid that this would affect the photos. Yeah. But we still wanted to do the test doing it before and another role doing and it after. And see if we're, if we're more careful with the, with the hand yeah, method, exactly. not to make sure not to let anything dry on oh, the bottom yeah. side. And we did, and you can see the photos. They're like, clean. I have to say they're very clean and there's no visible residues of the ramjet on the emulsion side that I can see. I mean, these. Uh, the, the, this film is so versatile and I really like the colors all over. This one, by the way, is an interesting photo. We mm-hmm. were arguing about this. Maybe CM can settle this. We were standing on supposedly the biggest Viking grave in Sweden, <laughs> which is in uh, Westeros. An- and it's called Anunshög. Yeah. Anunshög. Uh, I butchered the pronunciation. And basically, traditionally, Viking graves are hills. So the, the Viking would be buried under a hill. They basically put they will a, make a hill on top hill. of the grave. Yeah. She's saying the bigger the ones in Uppsala are bigger. They feel taller at least. And this is the biggest one. So it's, I don't know if this one is broad. To, total there, total volume. Total area of yeah. the grave. And there Perhaps. are these uh, rune stones around it as well. Yeah, they look like a little bit like a Swedish stone edge. Yeah, stone it's really cool that place. Uh, there is a bunch of photos that I took also there. We will see them in a second. Yeah, so I I really like how these photos turn out. This one indoors. Typical Tungsten look, uh, I think, uh, Vision 3, Cinesteel type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, if, for those of you who don't know, this is what Cinesteel come from. So basically, Cinesteel buys this film from Kodak and they remove that ramjet layer before you buy it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what, one of the reasons why it's more expensive because the film is not cheap in the first place. And it's not really made by Kodak to be shot photographically, so it's not cut in in um, in uh, rolls basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are people like our friend Tim. Mm-hmm. If you missed the episode where he was on, if you shoot thirty-five millimeter, he sells it for a really nice price. So talk to Tim if you want some. Uh, but you have to remove the ramjet layer. Miguel yeah. is. Uh, I put the film in water 10-15 minutes, then I shake it like... I'm playing play it angry, I guess. <laughs> Change the water and repeat until it's clean. All right, so let me tell you what I what happened with me with that, uh, Miguel. Because the second roll that we shot, we did exactly that, and this is what we got. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If you're listening to the podcast and you've seen souped film before, this is exactly what we're looking at. We're looking at souped film. So, yeah, and here in this one, maybe you cannot see so much the effect, but in some of the other shots, it really... Look at all the blacks. You can see it, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, I mean, this is not the only time this happened. The first role we shot, um, uh, one of Eva's friends wanted to have some portraits. It was very late at night. It was super late. And then we just, uh, not super late, but it was late at night, but it was super dark. Yeah. It was in the winter. It was like eight o'clock, but it was super dark. I think dark. it was probably like 6 p.m. actually. Yeah. yeah. Super early, but late in Sweden. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 
yeah so we we developed them we shot them it was we thought it was like that because of the underexposure yeah. but i feel like now knowing this show because i overexposed this one by a third stop so i rated this at 400 it's a 500 film i think that's a third and um mm-hmm. you can see all yeah, the photos it really feels like so when i was looking at these photos it just feels that whatever we put at the beginning Right, because when you are souping film, what you do is that you shoot the roll, then you do the crazy things with the roll, and then you develop it. So it feels like the step that we did to remove the remjet, right? Mm-hmm. Either either was too hot or too concentrated or whatever it is that it just really modified the the motion and the and the film itself. Because you can see even the the flow of the liquid coming through the sprock sprockets right in some of the shots yeah yeah, like this one you can see them clearly like uh waves i don't know what you call them so i don't know i don't know and you know like we shot these two rolls the same day the same day yeah we were basically i was metering and uh, i was shooting with the rz67 eva was shooting with the fuji gw she, so she she didn't have a meter on you or anything. No, like so I was going with your yeah. metering. So whatever I was shooting with, she'd be like, "What are you reading?" And I would say, and then she would match the settings. And her photos looked really clean, really nice. Uh, and the ones that we we cleaned the other way, my photos, you can see exactly what they look like. When I was talking to Tim, and uh, he thought maybe it's a quality control thing because we don't know, and you know because. As I mentioned, I had issues with the previous role, the one with the backing paper. But I think that was the problem with the backing paper. Yeah. The fact that this one and the one we shot with your friend have the common issue of being completely like washed out. Uh, the yeah. the negatives are super thin. Yeah, there's the a thing. There's no contrast left Super there. thin. Like when you look at the two negatives next to each other, we'll do a video about this. Yeah. And we will show you the negatives on a light table. <laughs> It's it doesn't it doesn't look normal. It doesn't look like they were developed in the same tank. We would develop them in the same tank. So the way we did it, we loaded the first roll, this one, shook it with the with the washing soda, drained it, and then run to the to the uh, to the dark bag, open it inside, load up a second one, throw it in, and then develop as normal yeah so they went through the same development process the only difference is when the rain jet was yeah so this one was removed before the other one was removed after uh yeah i mean the effect is cool but if you were not i mean yeah if it was not looking for it maybe it's upsetting and i wasn't necessarily like like i i for example i I wanted this photo for example to be clean Mm -hmm. i didn't want it to be that's the Uppsala flower, by the way. Uh, no, um, I was looking at a different oh, one. The, the Uppsala flower one kind of looks cool because the flower itself it was not affected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this one, I kind of wanted it to be more dense so I can get... Because the colors also are crazy. Like the colors are nothing like the previous film. No. I did some experiments inverting these on Photoshop, which is slowly becoming my favorite method of inverting. Like now I'm the three layers copy paste on all the and they look amazing i will we will show you some examples right so that's uh that's it for the vision 
The Vision 3 Adventures. The Vision Chronicles. But uh, to be honest, now after all this, I am I am afraid to try again to, to take it away before developing. Yeah. So that also includes another issue, which is you are developing with the C41 while the ramjet is still there. Mm -hmm. That means that some of the ramjet is going to get kind of on your developer so i would not use this and then reuse the developer to develop other stuff so we what we are doing now is that we basically wait until the end of the developer like a 14 roll scenes or something like that and then we develop the vision 3 and then we throw it away you know i was thinking about that and i was thinking that potentially we could mix two kits yeah one for the vision one phase. for vision and one for if we end up shooting more vision yeah so if you shoot a lot of vision don't let this uh, freak you out or anything. Maybe, because, but don't, don't mix it with the other. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, stock up on some vision. Talk to Tim. Talk to Tim. And get yourself a lot of vision. And then, you know, mix a batch of developer. If you're sending them to the lab and your lab removes them and they know how to, then you're fine. Um, and if, you, if you're... I would recommend C41 over ECN. I've seen some results. For photos, yeah. For photos, C41 seems to be the way to go with processing it. And, you know, mix a small batch, uh, enough for, you know, 16 film or something like that, and just go through them. It's a beautiful film, and it also it's not always tungsten balanced. Uh, what Cena still doesn't sell is the 250D and the 200T. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they might be coming soon, but for now, I know that Tim at least gets them uh, occasionally. So see what he has. Yeah. I don't definitely. know, Tim, feel free to write in the chat uh, what films your you have. Your website, uh, yeah. Your website and what uh, what films you have on hand now. Because I know like you were selling out of one stock recently, I think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he always talks up again. on you know, As soon so. as he can, yeah. So talk to him, see if you're interested. Uh, if you like the photos from Eva's role. And I mean, there's a lot of different... Uh, examples online it's yeah. it's really a really good film i should have prepared some of the shots from uh, kiruna but uh, yeah you get the idea now let's look at some uh, more of eva's photos you want to share some uh, eva shot a let me let me set this up so i'm gonna open up this you can see the difference it's weird because usually i'm more like i shoot much more than you do and i did shoot two rolls in the same time you shot one roll <laughs> oh, two rolls on the rc when i shot one roll on the <laughs> yeah so <laughs> basically i shot 20 pictures the same amount it took you to shoot eight, eight. yeah I'm although uh, you overlapped you also shot like with, a... with this with a vision so if, if we count total three yeah. rolls for me on the rz and two, two rolls for you on GW. gw yeah right so that uh, was a nice week yeah it was it was really fun this this week you guys i have to say the fact that uh, it's sunny and um, life is getting back to normal places are opening up you know it's it it, it was nice and i think it, it was like it, it it's i think it's a good decision that we move, move the the, pod, this, yeah. the podcast to today we hope it works for for you as well and that you can also go out and shoot on, on the weekend, the weekend. Yeah. or have fun and don't feel like you're missing out on this lovely, lovely uh, community that we have here. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you're Tim, he's also shooting right now. So. <laughs> I think he went back home or something because he said hello from, from quieter pastures. Yeah. So All let's right. do so this. So what are we looking at now? Now this is the role you shot. And it's crazy because you shot one photo. 
Yeah. And then the rest of it is one was one subject. Yeah, that's true. So which is so unlike you. It is so unlike me, but I was inspired. And I also so, uh, I remember you wanted to finish the role because we wanted to develop that. Yeah, thing. that's also true. Kind of like that's the pressure. Um, but yeah, so this it's Stockholm. Actually, we were able now because the weather is better. Rooftops are open again. I guess yeah. rooftops is one of the safest way to hang out <laughs> with people and outside. Yeah. And we were in uh, one of the nicest rooftops in the city center of Upsa, uh, of Stockholm. And you weren't so inspired by the no, I by the surroundings I, and no. stuff, but I kind of like this um, roof scape of mm-hmm. the city, and you can see the different kind of buildings, and you have the um, the church over there. And I just thought it was it's shot on Portra 400, and there's a lot of colors in the city, and I thought it might be nice to get it. So I wanted to get just these kind of roof layers. That's what I was going after. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like it. I think I need to fix this a bit tilted. Yeah, I I noticed it too. <laughs> we fixed the other ones though. Yeah. And then we had this thing, which uh, is a very weird building here in Uppsala. It's, we it's a water tower. It's a water tower, but I can hope, I, I can help by seeing a chef's hat when I look at it. <laughs> it does <laughs> look like um, it. And we were there, you had a shot left in your camera, but I still had a lot in the Fuji. Yeah. And I just went in and I, I didn't know that we could get so close as we did. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot the rest of the roll here. I will try to find things. So I did a little bit of a reportage of that building. Um, also Portra 400 is the same role. I really and like this What one. I really like and I was inspired, well, you know, I really like structures and geometries and these abstract lines. And I really like that uh, the time of the day that it was, how how the light was falling on a gradient on the, on the building itself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that would look really nice on film and in particular here on Portra. So I positioned myself in a way where I could get this gradient to be apparent. Um, so here is the building, here's the other side. It was a clear, clear day, as you can see, we're having good weather. This one is one of my favorites because it kind of, like, you don't really know what it is. Yeah. Like, what is it part of? Why there are so many cameras? You know, like, it gives you this. I really, really like this one. And it's very nicely framed. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I have to give props to me that I didn't <laughs> do it, like, tilted or anything. <laughs> you took your time. I was yeah, sitting I in the car for a while. I got so bored, I started... Because you yelled at me for not turning off the car. So I got so bored and I like put it in neutral and I started pushing the car uphill. <laughs> and then I got super tired and I regretted everything. But then you were done. Yeah. Uh, and this one as well. So I, I kind of put the decision myself closer, farther away, completely vertical to the, the outside. So I'm, I'm really happy with the, with the collection, actually. Yeah, this one is super cool. And this one is actually where the previous role yeah. ended. The, the same so la- f- indoor. This yeah. is a uh, inside Kulturhuset in Stockholm. One of my favorite places to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're there, uh, pass by. It's in the center. You know, it's uh, in right on above the metro station. You come out and it's there. And uh, they have a room where they have a 3D model of Stockholm. And it's uh, built under a, a floor of glass. So you can walk over the 3D model of the city. And uh, there are people that will work that work there, and they will tell mm. you about all the landmarks and cool stories. Secrets of the city. Yeah, I, I always, whenever I go and I see a different person, I'll be like, "What's your favorite spot?" Or where is where is something that you think nobody knows about? And I always get mm. a like a cool piece of uh, trivia. And it's basically also a theater and a bunch of different libraries. 
It's a, it's a really cool building and they have a nice uh, cafe on the roof. So if you're visiting Stockholm... Uh, this one's yours? Yeah, I think so, right? No, the this is this is yours. Okay, yeah. because we were both shooting the same place. <laughs> yeah, but this is your room. Yeah, okay, that's the same role. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you're there, maybe I'll bump into you. It's a pretty nice building. It's one of the nicer, more inspiring places in, in the city, <laughs> I think. <laughs> CM. A brutalist monstrosity. But inside is nice. Yeah. I'm not saying outside is pretty. Uh, yeah, outside is it just is a, a gla- it's a glass, like rectangular cube. What's a rectangular cube? Cube, I don't know. A rectangular, yeah, cube of um, cement. That's basically what yeah, it is on glass. the outside. Yeah. Um, but inside it's really fun. They have a bunch of, they have the different libraries that are focused, like different rooms, and they're focused on uh, cinema and photography and stuff like that. And if you're young, um, I don't know if it's open now, but back in the day, they have this, uh, like a makerspace for teenagers. Oh, cool. So yeah, you need to be, uh, not teenagers, I think you need to be under 23. And you can go there, there's a bunch bunch of music instruments, there's a bunch of 3D printers. Uh, So yeah, you can go meet some like-minded people and make cool stuff uh, inside Kulturhuset. And they also have a record player. And they station, do have record right? players where you can rent the uh, the needle and you can just take any record and sit and listen to it. That's cool. And in that same room, by the way, they have a bunch of cool things. They have hammocks where you can sit mm-hmm. and read books and they have pianos, electrical pianos, where you can put headphones and then pick up any book, like any sheet music book from the shelf mm-hmm. and sit and play or practice. I used to sometimes, if I'm super bored and waiting for my next class, I would pick up a bit like piano for beginners and I would sit and practice <laughs> nice yeah because I don't know how to play piano uh but yeah uh this was a, this was it about culture who said Tim is a bit behind and he's saying he really likes the water tower photos so thank you Tim yeah and I think I should uh since we talked about it for those listening maybe I should catch them up on what he was saying um uh, and this is, by the way, it's not sponsored, but we <laughs> really like to, you know. Uh, uh, I always talk, as Tim is saying about his vision. Uh, I always talk of Vision uh, 3 to 50D and 500T and double X, black and white. Um, I hope to be including two non Kodak stocks soon. I think I have yeah. an idea what it is. Uh, yeah. And so those are the ones because I mentioned them earlier. There's mm-hmm. 250D and 500T. And I think these are the ones that you're going to be using the most. If you're going to use a tungsten, you're probably yeah, going to go for the faster one. Yeah, is super slow, actually. Uh, fifth, yeah, uh, but I'm saying about the, because there's 200T oh, 200 and okay. 50D. So okay. these are the ones he's not stocking up uh-huh, on. And I yeah. think these are the ones that people are less likely to shoot. I mean, 50D, I understand. I would shoot 50 ISO film. I shoot a lot of slow film. But uh, usually when I'm shooting color, uh, I'm probably going with something faster so I can really work with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so the, two, the 250D is actually, it's surprising to me that Cine still doesn't provide it because, you know, it, it makes sense more than 50D yeah. for, for the average consumer. Yeah. Um, and it's 35 millimeter only. So if you're listening... Um, it's 35, 36 rolls, and uh, yeah. Back to our usual programming. This is some <laughs> shots that I did with the RZ, also on Portra. I ex- overexposed these by maybe one one stop or less. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, what was it? Do you remember how much I was? Uh, I, th- I think it was 320. 320, my ISO yeah, was, yeah. 
Uh, I really like those. Uh, I really like what I did with the colors. I don't know. I would. I'm curious to hear your opinions about it. Uh, there, I did all of these inversions completely on Photoshop, and it's uh, such a super easy process. I scan with my EM uh, with the EM1, mm-hmm. and then uh, put the or uh, the Olympus file is ORF. Throw it into Photoshop. It gets recognized by Image Raw, white balance the film backing open it directly, r- fix the rotation, inversion, uh, not inversion, the mirroring. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, a single curve layer that basically uh, you go to the curves, click on the presets and hit negative, not color negative. And then maybe go to the white point, drag it up to the beginning of the, uh, yeah, change uh, the histogram. Yeah, and then from there, the photo is basically almost ready. You can just add mm-hmm. some, sometimes you might need some color correction. Sometimes you might need some contrast. So you add the secondary curves and you work with that. Some levels maybe. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are endless. You can yeah. really go crazy with the things you can do, but it works surprisingly well. I yeah. was very surprised. So easy to, to do. Uh, and then, you know, from there, I'm, I'm getting more and more, uh, in love with photoshop um and the way that i can control really the colors and the light and everything with it so yeah this this photo took three layers the one that i told you about so the initial inversion curve one one uh, one that i just added curves and i put medium contrast on it and the third one was color correction so i basically just removed some color casts yeah and and the color correction in photoshop you do separate the highlights the mediums and the shadows so you can so it basically works the same way as the negative lab does it where if you if you don't choose one you can go and do the correction separately shadows mids highlights uh so i did that and uh and then I added the secondary one. So that one was basically, one was color correction and one was color grading, but they're both, uh, I forget the name of the layer. Color correction is? The it's name? a color balance. Color balance. So two color balance layers, one to correct and one to grade to get it to to look however I like it. Sometimes I would add a, an orange filter as well, a warming filter. It's to called s- a photo filter. Yeah, layer. so photo filter layer, boom, and you throw it on. Uh, yeah, I hope I'm not boring you with this. I know a lot of you might be interested to know the process. Um, yeah, and uh, also I would sometimes play with the blending method of one of the color uh, color balance or color. Or I either go yeah, either normal or color. There's a blending mode called color. That one will make it more flat. Uh, and I think this one was done that way. Yeah. So the color correction layer was blending mode set to color. Yeah, the blending mode things is just crazy. I try to really understand what each one means to try to make sense of it when to be used, and it's just insane. It's a lot of a lot of mathematics behind it. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, the ones that I've been using are fairly simple. It's just that, like, what you are applying the layer to. So yeah. Like, so what what part of the image will that layer that you just created will be applied on yeah but then that depends on mathematical models like is it the 50 percent of the highlights or the shadows there are a lot of different modes so i guess people that really use photoshop to the maximum they really understand each one of those layers what it does i i like this photo there's a, a woman there yeah but i really like you know it, that it has the mask and she has yeah. like, like she, she just left the mask, mask like, here and there's a bag here there's like i'm just gonna go there forget about everything and I, I like this sign 
uh, there was a I rem- do you remember the woman that yeah. was walking and I was and she was hiding and I was trying to co- I, I put the camera away and I was like don't worry I'm waiting for you to pass just take it easy because she was like this you know she was like afraid it was like yeah. I was I was pointing the RZ and I was holding it upside down to to gain a higher vantage point <laughs> so I had the prison finder down and I was seeing the whole scene upside down um getting ready for the four by five adventures mm-hmm. looking upside down it's actually you don't see it upside down you see it the same way <laughs> <laughs> i just realized that it doesn't flip the image you just flip the camera but the, yeah. the view is still the same so yeah that didn't make any sense <laughs> maybe maybe I'm, I'm getting tired maybe we should end it soon um and this one i think i told the story of this one last yeah. week let's see if people can guess what it is yeah that would be nice. What do you guys think this is? But yeah, I don't know if we can wait for them to Leave guess. Leave your comments. We can, because Maybe we can go to the next photo. Me, me what? Yeah, all right. So we're going to skip this one for a while. Say but it. Give, give your votes. What do you think this is? Yeah, and we, we to- I told the story of this one last last episode. I think. Or maybe think. I talked to somebody else about it. No, I yeah. think we... Uh, mm, no. It was it happen after? It. Yeah, I think it happened after. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, he got it. Uh, he got it. I think I think he knows the story, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well everybody knows it. it is a reflection of a car how come you didn't know it? i don't know you, you saw know, me guys it. when i saw this picture which is already of course here is a positive one i was like first i was like what is this and then he's playing what it is and it's like okay show me when you do, when you do the conversion and when it's color and he's like what are you saying this is the color <laughs> image she thought it was inverted uh, she she was she thought it was not yet it was still, uh, she a thought negative. I was still looking at a negative <laughs> I was like what are you talking about this is the car thingy <laughs> I was taking this photo and a guy just came up to me and he was like what are you doing what are you doing why are you filming the car and I was like I'm not filming first of all <laughs> I'm not filming <laughs> it's, a, it's a photo uh, but yeah it was his car and then he was he, like he, he went away uh, yeah this one is the same building and you can see like the difference I think there's a bit difference in in the how we both graded our images. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I really like the composition of this one. Yeah, me too. This one I was happy about as well. This is all portrait, by the way, 400. Uh, RZ with a 65 millimeter. Yeah, so you can see in some of those pictures, by the way, the vignetting of the 65. Yeah, it's uh, heavy. In some pictures, I didn't like it, so uh, I didn't like it, so I cropped, but I left it in some images because I didn't mind. But yeah, it is it is there. This one drove me crazy when I was trying to color correct it. This mm-hmm. is the same rooftop that Eva took the cityscape uh, from, but this is the entrance from the from inside the building. And of course, you gotta get those uh, cool, cars. cool cars when you see them to get the likes on Instagram. I like this one. I actually think I'm gonna post these three on Instagram. Yeah. And then this one in the middle. Uh, it's it's cool to see this. And actually, there maybe I should remove the lumber plate Pro- because they're gonna use it probably. Well, it's already on YouTube oh. because they were parked wrong. <laughs> but nobody, Almost. I mean, nobody can get, follow them and give them a ticket right now, so it's fine. And this is the same water tower, but uh, I had one photo left, and this is uh, this is what I decided to go with while Eva was deep in the bushes there. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. nice here; you can see it in the ambient like, where it actually is. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I, I it was for me the way that I thought about taking a photo of it that it was a, such a big, massive thing, and because we got to be able to get close to, I mean. 
I've taken photos from it from the street when we pass by from the car or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like the it's in focus. It's the biggest thing in the whole scene and landscape. But here, because I was so close to it and it's easy to kind of fill the frame with it, mm-hmm. I decided to, I just want to use it as a background instead. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I like this. I, I almost didn't, uh, didn't take it this way. I almost mm-hmm. took it from from over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the side and it was just it clean nothing obstructing it i even found an angle where there's not a lot of uh, bushes giant coffee filter i really like that one <laughs> chronic fish yeah it does look <laughs> like that for sure uh but yeah then i was like it's my only exposure because i didn't have any film on me and we basically just went out to finish the the two roles to develop at the same time because we had previous roles the ones from the penf and a bunch of other stuff and uh, yeah, that's my last photo. So uh, here was uh, this episode was a bit different. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a bit different. Instead, we look at some of our own stuff. And uh, this came as a suggestion from somebody mm-hmm. who's not here today. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I wonder where she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, so we hope you like it. If you like because we usually try to do these uh, in video form like uh, youtube video form so like you see us taking the shots and uh, you know then you see the shot on the screen like normal photography videos photo walks video go but uh, we don't always film a lot of times we just want to enjoy taking the photos and uh, and sometimes i'm so picky about the videos about making the videos and I, if i'm not happy with the b-roll basically of filming the photo walk i scratch the whole video and we have a bunch like we have like three at least maybe that may not be ever shown <laughs> <laughs> and so uh i don't know if you, if you if you prefer doing it this way or if you prefer like doing it live and with like talking about it mm-hmm. after the fact instead of um uh, you making know. a dedicated video i think the videos what it has the benefit is that if, if if it's informative in some way which it could be how a new film stock performs or a new camera and you talk about the settings and how you use it mm. then you have like a small 10 minute video that if someone wants to find information about that camera or that film stock can just like find it easily and here is more about just sharing our experience and why did we shoot the way we did it so it's, it's a little bit of a different mm. uh, approach to it um I think making smaller videos about specific film stocks, cameras and stuff still... I think cool. we have one that we might actually put out. The last one we did. And we it, haven't shown the photos, I think. I don't think, no, we didn't no. show any photos from that one. Uh, that one inspired actually uh, experiments with red scale. I mm-hmm. don't know if I talked about this before. But uh, yeah, we had an accident and then uh, I, I, I reversed three films. We shot one of them. It was terrible. So <laughs> Was it terrible? Yeah, the one, the test exposure yeah. one. I mean, they all look we the same. We l- didn't mostly. learn anything really yeah. from that. Yeah, thank you, Shuri. I think, yeah, I think we might do something uh, like a mix between the two. We will see. At least one we have already shot. We shot a bunch of photo walk, and but we didn't say anything during the photo walk. No. And we're going to maybe f- film it in this same setup. And it's like, as you said, it's a sh- show and tell. But then there's some fill-in uh, scenes mm-hmm. from when the shot was being made uh, <laughs> thank you Chronic thank you we appreciate it 
yeah, but other than that, I think it's uh, that's it for today. Maybe I'll be popping in before the next. It's very possible that I'll be popping in before the next podcast and I'll be grinding something for another eight hours. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring to the time where I streamed for eight hours building the Zinstax. Oh, you turned so pink right now. Am I pink? Yeah. Suddenly? No, I think it was happening gradually when I was looking at the screen. That's why it looks so pink. Look. Yeah. No, actually, that one is nice. I don't know what's going on with the colors. Yeah, because now the the, the light from outside is dying. Mm Mm-hmm. Is going down, and this one is a different color temperature. So I might be making a DIY light. I might be. There's a bunch of DIY projects that I uh, that I plan to make, photography related. That uh, they're fixing this one as well. So yeah, I might be bop- popping in streaming stuff like that. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. I'm sure all of you that are here with us are already. If you enjoyed the show, yes. hit the like. Like the button. Yeah. Like the button and like, like the, the button. and click the button of like. Uh because t- today's first of June. This is actually the month of the anniversary of the channel. Yeah. And we are hoping that by the time we hit one year old, we are gonna have reached a thousand subscribers. Yeah, That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. So if you know anybody that likes photography and other photography and they don't know about us, maybe you can suggest that they check it out. And if they like, they can subscribe and be part of our small family yes we're almost there we're almost, almost hitting almost a thousand there. so yeah cool thank you everybody for watching we hope you have an amazing rest of the week and we'll yes. see you next tuesday between 7 uh, more or less yeah kind of yeah <laughs> perfect all right thank you guys peace bye